0: Welcome to Human Factors Cast, your weekly podcast for human factors, psychology, and design. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special conference bonus episode of Human Factors Cast. It feels like it's been a little bit since we've done one of these. We're recording this live on May 12th, uh, 2022. I'm your host, Nick Rome, and on this episode, we're recapping... E H F Ergonomics and Human Factors Conference 2022 with somebody who's a regular guest of the show, but today he's going to be on in a little bit different of a capacity. Mr. Barry Kirby, president-elect of CIEHF, the Chartered Institute of Ergonomics and Human Factors. Barry, welcome back to the show. It feels weird to welcome you in a different capacity. <laughs> so hi. <laughs> hi, great to be here. <laughs> Great to have you Barry. Can I get your general thoughts on EHF before we dig into everything? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, economics and human factor
1: 2022 was was brilliant, quite frankly. It was a, a test of so many different things. Um, you know, having that hybrid of a of a live and a virtual event, of having just basically getting back together as a, as, as a community um, and being able to to talk, to be able to have a glass of wine, to be able to chew over the paper you'd just listened to. And from a very personal perspective, it was certainly the live element was the first time um, I've been to the conference, was my first time of meeting people as president-elect. And so I looked at it through I, I think through very different eyes. Um, of being able to see what works, what doesn't, what, what were people liking, um, and to almost take, almost take that usability view, um, that, that research view of, of, is it delivering what we want to deliver? So yeah, it was a very new and very interesting experience for me.
0: So I, I realized we kind of jumped the shark here. What, what is EHF? Like, let's talk about what it actually is a little bit. Can you explain what the, uh, conference is about?
1: yeah so ergonomics and human factors is organized by the chartered institute the chartered institute of ergonomics and human factors here in the uk it is the the the, the flagship um conference for uh, for the chartered institute it is an international conference historically it's always been over um 3 4 days um based in different parts of of, of the uk um it's been that one place where people can people can uh, come to and there's normally um as, as I guess any typical conference has, it has the, the streams on different um, human factor subjects, ranging through from defence all the way through to um, health and, and and that type of thing. So from that perspective, it's normally very typical what you'd expect. What I do like about um, EHF um, is it normally has a really good um, social side to it as well. So when in, before the pandemic, there would all, always be a um, um, two nights of entertainment the first night was normally some sort of quiz or an event uh which tina worthy who's um one of the uh one of the one of the staff at the um at the conference and we'll be hearing a, a little bit from her later on um she normally does does this sort of quiz but then they have done other things as well which uh would, there was like a um a murder mystery dinner night where where um on one of one of the previous ones where I got to take part, and I was one of the one of the actors in uh, in that, which was a, a very different thing. Then normally the the second night has always been the the conference dinner, uh, which has always been a nice opportunity to get on your get on your 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 best clothes and um and have some have some nice food and some some nice conversation. So it's always had that real good balance between um doing the learning stuff during the day and doing the um the the social the interacting stuff, not only in the coffee breaks but in the evenings as well.
0: Yeah, we call that drinking after hours networking. Uh that is what we call it. <laughs> so I want to I want to talk a little bit about the venue, right? Cuz in the past, we well in the last couple years we had this pandemic that we all kind of lived through. Um which is very traumatizing in a lot of ways. What has it been like uh you mentioned kind of these um sort of get-togethers, these gatherings. What has the venue itself been like, the structure in in the physical capacity, but then how did it adapt over the sort of pandemic phase
1: yeah so historic so historically pre-pandemic it was normally always a physical conference so and i guess here in terms of organization it's it's quite generic in that respect they there was no it would go through like the different hotels or different conference suites so physically it was in that sort of very generic uh where you know wherever we were gonna gonna have it at that time um, consisting of you know you would have your keynotes it would have your um then breakout out to your streams um and and consist of either lectures workshops that type of stuff so i think i wouldn't be I'm, i don't think i'm doing anybody service by saying it would be a, a quite a traditional conference um obviously with the associated bar and and all that sort of stuff in for for um evenings during the pandemic it really stepped up its game now, and again i think i I'd be not did not um, putting anybody's nose out of joy by saying, actually, I think the CIHF excelled uh, delivering the online conference when they did in the, um, was it 2020 and then 2021? Um, 2020, they made the decision to go to a virtual conference within, I think it was like a week or two weeks because the our conference was in, uh, is in April. And obviously, we went into lockdown in sort of that March time. And so, or early April. And so they had to turn it around. They, we sort of, obviously we knew something was happening. We knew something was coming, but the, the CIHF team and the secretariat turned round that to be a virtual conference. So the, you had uh, one stream live, but also with the chat facilities and all that sort of stuff. Um, and they still ran that, that over two days and they did that in, um, 2019, uh, sorry, 2020 and 2021 to great effect. The I think people stepped up their um their their game in terms of recording their papers and and doing you know being present in the chat um and realizing you can actually have that sort of chat and being able to we we had better attendance at that than than anything else because I think people could attend from all around the world and, and did so. Um and so that was really, really effective. Um and then this year was um really good as well because we took A review of saying, right, well, what worked well during the pandemic? What did we like? What was it missing? What what did we like about what was happening before? And we basically did them both, uh, which was fantastic. So we um this year we had the two the two themes. We had a virtual um session and then we had the the in-person session separated by a couple of weeks. So you didn't feel like you were having to go bang, 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 bang and take a whole lot of time out. Um, but we did the virtual session and that for me was was fantastic so the the first session um and the first day um was dedicated to sustainability which um anybody who's um, listened to anything that i've been talk- talking about uh, recently i've been very much into the whole climate thing the whole climate ergonomics piece that we've been driving and we got um the ability to do, uh, to do the opening interview the opening keynote um there's a couple of papers that, that me and my team were delivering as well as have, have a, a really good panel session but what was really neat about that panel session about that in that entire session is the chair was chairing it from australia one of the key you know, speakers that we had as part of it was coming from south africa and then you know three of us were coming from wales here in the uk and it was just seamless it just worked and then people were, were, were commenting in in the chat and asking questions from literally around the world. So you wouldn't have been able to get that sort of accessibility um, by doing it live. You wouldn't be able to get that sort of interaction by doing it live. But what it did miss was that ability to have, you know, the 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 corridor conversations, the coffee conversations, the in-the bar, the conversations. Um, and just generally that the more fun aspects, the more, you know, the the we, we sort of say network. They're generally just having a laugh with people. Um, which we have so sorely needed over the pa- over the past few years, um, and so we we did a whole load of that um, in the in the live session. So we only it was only two days. I went down on the the night before, and so were I, I had grand plans of going down the night before and have, having some food and ha- get, getting an early night because I said this was my first time as president elect. I didn't want to uh, to disgrace myself or anything like that. Um, I still didn't go to bed until about one o'clock in the morning. Um, so it was just so nice to be able to see people and talk to people. Um, but having that, that live event, then, the, then the second night we had the, um, we had the dinner, um, which was again, nice just to be able to sit, sit and chat to people. But during the sessions themselves, we had packed sessions. We had three streams, um, of, uh, both on both days and, and they were packed, um uh, with both live presentations. And there was some, uh, we had, because we, people were now so used to, uh, recording their presentations. We had backup presentations. So there was a few people who dropped out right at the last minute because of COVID and other reasons. And we were able to say, rather than having to really juggle around with the uh, with the schedule, we're like, well, we've got your we've got your video here. We can just play that, and it works, and it's brilliant. So we learned a lot, and it was really neat. Um, rather than having a quiz this time, we had a magician. Magician I was gonna ask. Yeah, I saw yeah. I saw
0: magician in the notes. I was waiting for. Yeah. it. I was like, you haven't talked about the it, magician.
1: So instead of yeah, so normally like like I said uh, Tina would normally do a quiz, and um, in, in the past, but we had a magician, and the. The guy was really good I, um, who did it, and he did some really, really quite quite impressive stuff, though we did spend um, most of the session trying to, m- most of the didn't try to work out how we did what he did, and probably worked out 90% of it um, fairly quickly. Um, but when he was trying to tell jokes and stuff like that, um, he would also then say, so what is this human factors? And so human factors he would get a massive cheer for for all this other stuff he wouldn't. So then he would just randomly turn around and just say human factors and get a big cheer from the room. And um, he didn't is one of these things. He didn't know quite why he was getting a cheer, but he knew he was getting a cheer, and so that so that worked quite well. So, it, but again, it was just interesting to just to have um, a, a different bunch of entertainment. the The other bit that worked really well with this whole hybrid uh, live virtual bit is normally they would have the AGM as part of the part of the live conference. Um, in during the pandemic, obviously, you couldn't do that, so we had a virtual AGM. We had more people attend the AGM than we ever have done because it was easy just to dip into and, and 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 go to and anybody could access it. You didn't have to be going to the conference. And so that's what we've done. Well, that's what we've done. We've kept the AGM virtual, um, which meant really, that, that- Really quick, just for those who don't know, AGM- your, Yeah, sorry, your, your AGM is your annual general meeting where all your officers and um, your your representatives, the people who, your trustees and all that sort of thing, they're all elected um, or confirmed uh, and, and their elections are, are, are confirmed. So you know who your your president is going to be, your president elect, which is me, um, and and all that sort of stuff. So I, we knew before going into the live bit of the conference that um, that what what the positions were going to be, because it also meant that we could actually have a, um, um, a a first sort of exec meeting there as well, a, a first um, uh, meeting at the live conference, which was also incredibly useful. So yeah, I th- there was a lot. I think we've learned. There's a lot of stuff that I think we've got. We did get really right. This time I, we can improve, we can definitely can because I think you always can. But I think as a, as a first event coming out of COVID, I think the team, um, did a fantastic job and it going back to that idea about this was my first time of looking at this from a president elect perspective, I guess it, it really made me appreciate just how much work and effort goes into doing a conference which I p- perhaps hadn't appreciated before. So you've got the entire staff team, of which the CIHF has quite a small staff team compared to with the likes of HFES and and, and, and others. Um, there's a small number of people doing an awful lot of work and they just make magic happen in the background. Um, and it's amazing. Then you've got the the, the conference secretariat themselves who normally are volunteers and, and that type of thing. Again, being really cool, just making sure everything flows and just making sure everything is brilliant. Then you've got the you know the the um, the conference team who puts all the papers together and and all that sort of stuff. Um, so many people have put in so much um, effort to make something look seamless um, and flawless. Um, it, I it just I just find it stunning. Yeah, yeah. that come together.
0: It really is one of those things where you realize just how many or how few, I should say, how few people are actually involved in the conference prep in a lot of cases. And it really just pulls the whole thing together. And, yeah, it's kind of really interesting to look at that sometimes because you're like, how are you doing all this? Uh, What kind of what are you the magician? Anyway, so (laughs) let's get into uh, sort of your experience with the thing. Right. I mean, we talked a little bit about the venue. We talked about what it is. I think I want to hear some of the kind of key takeaways that you have like what did you find interesting what are some key themes that you heard about watched listened to participated in etc so one of the
1: things that happened right from the start of the live conference uh, which was the new president um alex deadman he encouraged us all to go and engage in a theme that we're not used to that outside of our comfort zone which. I you know people say that and yeah, yeah but this time I was like you know what I'm going to um and so most of my background is in defense and technology and tools and methods and you know that that type of thing um aviation so I spent quite a lot of my time in health and the there's sort of two, a theme around well-being and the theme around health and I spent quite a lot of time in them um which was fascinating and there was some really good discussion. So particularly in the, in the live bit, there was some really good, inter- interesting discussions around the applications of different methods, such as safety one and safety two, and there was real good discussion about why one, why some people thought one was better than the other and how, and, and how the evidence base had come out, how they, how they're trying to develop different ways of patients being able to engage with the, um, uh, with, with, with staff and with like with, with the medical, uh, professionals. And give them better awareness about when things were maybe going wrong and how they could input and things like that. And it really gave me a, a different perspective on how I see the health industry. Um, particularly when you go like to a doctor's or you go to a hospital, the, your experience. So I'd actually gone um the week after or the week or so after the, the conference and and went to get some blood tests. And it was because of some of the discussions that were going on in the health thing that made me really think about the usability of of a hospital from the moment you walk in the door um, and some of that, some of that stuff. So that was, that was really, really fascinating. The other bit that was really good is we had a, a, a keynote from um, the ministry of transport around where they'd done some experimentation and some ideas about how to get better messaging across for the, um, for wearing, you know, face masks and things during COVID about being uh, more respectful around um, other people and, and your behavior. And and they'd done a whole bunch of different things about looking at different ways of, of projecting influence. Um, so do, do you put a positive message? So like if you, if you wear a mask, you could be saving your neighbor or a negative message or a, a more stern message around, you should be wearing a mask or you'll be fine type of thing. And so just look at different ways of influencing but what was fan, f- uh, fantastic and fascinating was the the amount of people cuz they were doing it with with basically people who were out there um they could have massive participation numbers i mean you're talking about um n being so the number of particip- participants being like tens and hundreds of thousands of people um rather That's than just insane. like 10 yeah um and so they could really drive out some really good science out of out of what they've been doing and really um influence um, ironically, influence how we do things and and how we do some of that message. So them sort of th- them sort of things were fascinating. Um, there was the uh, automation is obviously a big thing, and we we had one of the to- uh, well quite a few different talks around automation, not only around the obvious of cars and things like that, but also um, exoskeletons and and things like that. And we actually had a live demo of of some exoskeletons, uh, which was which was great, and you could go and have a have a play with them. In terms of Talks uh, the the one that really there's some really really fascinating ones and you could, what I like about this conference is it's it's really there for people if you if you're giving your first conference talk it's a really safe space to do it um, you know everybody's really friendly you might get some tough questions but they're not unfair questions um, you you know it, it's a really nice place but also there's some people who can stand up and really give some breadth of experience of of what they've been to. Um, and the one that did it for me um, here, I mean, it, I also had the uh, the privilege of introducing it was was Susie Broadbent. Now Susie's somebody who's worked in the human factors domain, uh, primarily in defence uh, for a number of years, which is why I, I know her. Um, but she gave the annual institute lecture, and really she gave it around you know why fundamentally why do we need human factors? What's what's human factors all about um, from from her perspective, and and she come at this from a really practical perspective. so when we're trying to you know highlighting the fact that we would love to be able to do you know our methods properly and you know in particularly in the defense world you know you'd love high uh, participant numbers you'd like to get a properly um, uh, beautifully crafted methodology on how you're going to engage around whatever the topic is um, but sometimes it's just not practical sometimes you just can't do it and do you just get down and dirty with what you've got? um or do you uh, just call the whole thing off well obviously you'd never call the whole thing off you make do with what you've got and you you try and make the best of, of every situation but it's not often you get somebody who's willing to stand up and say that and, and it did cause quite nicely a bit of um almost controversy afterwards so i'm, I'm the one there who's chairing the session and have to handle the questions and you Ooh. immediately got some of that academic thing saying well i don't i, I think it's almost irresponsible people standing up and saying that um that you shouldn't t- take into account, um, you know, proper academic methods. Uh, so proper methods and stuff. And, and I was like, well, and Susie quite rightly stood up for herself and said, that's not what I was saying. Um, you know, if you can do the proper methods, you absolutely should, because that's what they're there for and, and, and they're good, but you quite often, the grand scheme of things, you can't. Um, and so part of what we are trying to do is, you know, as, as human practice practitioners is, is tailor what we're doing, um, as best we possibly can. Um. But the entire talk were, was fascinating and she's gone on now to be a to um work in, a, in, in in a slightly different domain where she's actually an investigator and using them skills uh going forward as well so it was really interesting to see where where she was going going next um but also bringing in some of them them key experiences from her um um from her experience and, and her career but just that bringing together of academic and professional was real you could almost see it was really valuable for the new people, the people who are either students or um, new into the profession. thing going, okay, that that's that's the way that real life works. I like that, but also for some of us who've been around for maybe slightly longer, going, yeah, I'm pleased somebody's had you know the ability to go and get up and say that because quite often we all we all know it, but we don't often say it. So, um, yeah. So then, then for me, I mean, the in terms of big moments, um, you know, what 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 am I going to take away? I mean, for, firstly, it was an incredible experience being, you know, having that uh, that thing as a president elect. Um, that was that was seeing it through new eyes. That that was fantastic. Being live um, was just brilliant. This time, you know, we I so didn't take it for granted this time. Uh, it was very much of the that that whole piece around doing some really cool stuff, um, re- talking to people and and engaging. Love that. Love the ability in the virtual sessions to be promote to promoting the sustainability bit. Um, that is something I think all of us are taking a lot a lot more seriously. So talking to um, people who worked in this field a lot, like the the likes of like Andrew Thatcher and um, and people like that, and hopefully building some bridges there, which which I think is really good. Um, but one of the things I did quite like as a, as a, as a thing was I was, I did one of the um the wrap up talks at the end to wrap up the conference and send people on their merry way, and it was just one of the comments I made, which I think is so true, is during the pandemic we could have all just sat at home. And in fact, you you listen to some um, uh, communities and you think that everybody did just sit, sit at home and do nothing, but you know everybody could have sat at home and do nothing, and nobody would have, nobody thought any different. Nobody blamed them, but. All the papers, all the research that had gone on was all reflecting on things that happened through COVID nineteen. Be you, be it in like running airlines or be it, you know working in the health industry or whatever it was. So clearly, people have been thinking, people have been doing their research. People hadn't turned around and said, "Oh, we'll just take two years off." People have got some really solid stuff. So we've got some really solid learning out of the out of COVID nineteen um, to then take forward and, and do bigger and better things. With everybody took that opportunity. And I just thought that that was amazing. So to have that honor of being able to wrap up and and reflect on on some of them things was was just a distinct honor. So yeah, um, there was so much more that went on as well, but I think we've probably covered all the uh, the high high points. <laughs> the high high points.
0: Any other key takeaways that you took away from this conference that you will take with you in the future, going forward?
1: yeah i think so i think this whole live virtual thing is is a revelation it sounds obvious now because we've all been living it but that whole being to my, being able to optimize for both and do both i'm still not entirely convinced on on hybrid um which i know we, we different episodes we've we talked about that in the past I'll um, get you there. yeah yeah maybe uh but this whole being able to do you know get the you know do the virtual bit and really really use that virtual bit to the, to its maximum extent and then do the live and do, and really make the most of that live bit as well and, and really squeeze both um, both methods for for all you can get um, is just uh, absolute genius and um, we just we can keep on honing it and we can keep, we can then also teach other people what we've done in our lessons and hopefully other people will, will be able to get the best of it as well. but um, that and the the people behind it who make that happen. Uh, make it all happen and make it all just happen like
0: it's just um you know, it's like just pixie dust in the background is um it's brilliant All right, Barry, well, we've heard from you. now let's go hear from some folks who went to the conference. I understand you've brought us a prepared clip.
1: yeah, no, absolutely. And we'll have um with it, there's a couple of clips and a different number of people you'll you'll hear from from um, including people who were organising it, people who were part of the secretariat, some of the people who were um, session chairs, and just some people who just attended. All right,
0: well, here they are.
2: I think I was starting to forget, really, what a lovely, caring, caring sort of funny collective bunch of people we have in the Institute and and people who come along as you know just as a come along to the event for the first time um, or it's people we don't know non-members we have lots of non-members coming along but I think I was starting to forget that element Um, so it was really nice to get back together and just to to see that and, and remember again
3: just being there and realizing what a great community we are really and what a great bunch we are um, and there's so many brilliant people.
4: I think my main one is definitely getting to meet the people who I've read so much about. I really did feel like I was in a room of celebrities. Like I know that sounds really strange, but I had seen so many people's names in papers, white papers, you know, Twitter, and yeah. some given the opportunity to actually go up to them and be like, "You're presenting later, and you've not sent my PowerPoint.
5: Can you send it?" <laughs> you know, I got to be
4: like that annoying person in their faces. And you know meet
5: them and it was it was just amazing i particularly loved that i was surrounded by people who knew what human factors was um, and
0: <laughs> the amount of
5: times where people say oh what are you doing and you say human factors and blah 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 and they go human factors oh. and you try and describe it and they look at you like
3: know don't know what you mean so i just loved it i think that's the beauty of in-person conferences isn't it that you're just taking in information from everywhere and you're having like a two-minute chat with somebody or you know a five-minute chat with someone in the bar over lunch or um and i think it's just that kind of learning almost how much is going on um and being surprised by that i guess just the depth and
6: we had this opportunity for this face-to-face conversation. Either I had a questions I could, you know, I, I catch up during the breaks. But uh, the big surprise for me uh, was actually that people's faces look very different in real life comparing to Zoom. Yes. So this is something, you know, you 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 look after, you nurture your, uh, your network uh, uh, circles. And, you know, for the last couple of years, we, many of us just, you know, Met new people and and interact with them, and suddenly you know you, you see them, you put faces you know to to people's names, and it was just a great great stuff. So I really appreciate that we, we, we could make it happen.
2: So it was it was more for me um, about um,
5: just seeing people have a good time and meeting each other again after so long. I just couldn't imagine. I would never have imagined that not just in healthcare but across the conference as a whole that there was going to be that many attendees it was really really good to see
3: I thought it was brilliant Um, I think it was a very clever and nice way of sort of easing us back into sort of in-person conferences because as we said before we came on that we're both exhausted after just like running around for two days um but i also think with the online conferences the past couple of years we've really learned that it opens it up to so many more people and the past couple of years um that we were purely online we had um you know we had um papers from all over the world um from so many different countries and so many people sort of tuning in to the online conference um, so i think it was really important this year to kind of keep that going keep that momentum going you know we've reached out to so many more people who now know what ergonomics and human factors is thanks to the online conference i think
7: uh, i was quite excited um, it was a nice idea Uh, support you said the last two i believe have all been online so i think they've definitely got a good thing there it's a good way to get people everywhere involved not just the people who can just turn up like obviously with covid uh, i imagine i was not the only one who couldn't go so i thought it was quite nice
2: Um, the accessibility of people just being able to pop up on screen and or listen to things or join in like that Um, and also the you know the the reach of it as well we had far more um, sort of more attendance really from from people overseas our big international audience that we've built up and we really didn't want to lose that um, and we also, of course, wanted to get it back to face to face as soon as we could. So I think this was probably um, the right time, the right time of year. We've just come out of sort of two years of really tough times. And, and people were, were looking to, you know, to come back in a, to a sort of well-organised sort
5: of lively event. It really worked for me because I'm not sure that if the conference had been longer than two days, um two or three days that i could have taken that much out of my Mm -hmm. studies so it was quite nice that i could kind of like drop in and out of it um in amongst like um and deadlines and stuff like that
2: Another one of my highlights really is just seeing how much effort people put into their own presentations.
5: I did
4: get to see some of the keynote speakers and seeing how, like, human factors is involved in things like you know exoskeletons and also how we choose to get from one place to another on the tube. I thought that was really interesting. So I think that was most surprising is just seeing how widespread human factors is. And
7: but the the scope of um, the conference itself was surprising to me seeing so many different presentations on just about anything you could imagine. There was one on shipbuilding and I believe straightening pipes. Uh, It's not really something which I'm interested in but the the fact that there was something out there for that too uh, I thought was very interesting.
3: And one thing that did strike me actually this year was that there are a lot of young ergonomists coming in producing some really
6: excellent stuff. enjoyed the, the technical sessions, mostly related to the uh, consideration of applied practices. I attended a few lectures, uh, a few sessions for, for healthcare, uh, you know, skills are fully transferable between uh, industries domains. Uh, I really like sessions related to the methodologies. Uh, this is something what I, I really like to emphasize in my daily work, you know, uh, so there was, there was like a, you know, you definitely can can learn you know uh you know how applying certain those design principles methodologies you know uh we nurture so 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 long that to ensure that you know the applications of technology those systems you know uh regardless of the contexts matches you know human needs capacities and and limitations not the way, the other way around you know so it was just a you know a pleasure
2: um, but I, th- I think the the sort of mix of lectures that we have and the mix of presentations and and just trying to come up with different formats sometimes to to keep it fresh for people but um, I think this conference in particular was just somewhere that people wanted to meet and that's what we tried to do.
5: Um, It was really fun I think it went really really fast and I think it's because we were kind of you know on feet all day running around
6: I have to say big thank you and big kudos to the to the organization team uh, because they did an incredible job. It was a, it was my first event, live event for probably most of us, for a very long time, and they they really pulled this out uh, to the level that 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 was you know beyond my expectations.
4: My head is buzzing with thoughts and like ideas from my research and um, you know future ideas and where I want to go as well and. I just, like I said before, I think the main kind of thing I learned is how important it is to tell everybody about Human Factors. Yeah, I think
5: that sums it up, really.
0: That's it for today, everyone. Let us know what you think of our coverage. You can hang out with us on our Discord or get to us on any of our social channels. You can always visit our official website, sign up for our newsletter, stay up to date with all the latest Human Factors news. If you like what you hear you want to support the show you can leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening if you liked barry's recap of the conference you can always tell your friends about us or the conference get them involved or if you have the financial means to do so please consider supporting us on patreon as always links to all of our socials and our website are in the description of this episode special thank you to everyone who called in for their contributions and being on the show today We've uh, provided a few links in the description of this episode so you can find out more information about the conference. Speaking of which, Barry, where can our listeners go find out more about EHF?
1: So you can find out more about the Ergonomics and Human Factors Conference at ergonomics.org.uk. And where can our listeners find you? And you can find me on across all socials, but also specifically on Twitter, Basil, uh, Basil underscore K, or go and listen to my podcast at 1202podcast.com.
0: As for me, I've been your host, Nick Rome. You can find me across social media at Nick underscore Rome. Barry, you know the drill. I certainly do. It depends. It depends.
1: Hi, Amy. Thanks for joining us today uh, on the 1202 podcast. And could, before we get into the conference and that sort of stuff, could you just tell us a bit about who you are and what you do on uh, on in, in real life, as it were?
5: <laughs> of course. Uh, so I am currently a second year PhD student at the University of Strathclyde. Um, up in Glasgow since two thousand and fourteen, your grad honors degree in psychology. I then did them in research methods in psychology. I worked for a year and a half as a research assistant, uh, and I then applied for a PhD. And this is me now. So um, I am doing my PhD in human factors in remote consultations in primary care, in particular. Um, so, yes, I have been so far doing a systematic literature review, which I'm in the final stages of. Oh, wow. It's exciting. Um, <laughs> it's taken a long time.
1: The first person I've heard about talk about a uh, uh, literature review is exciting, so that, that's, that's going for you. I'm, I
5: um... mean, it's more I'm at the latter stages of it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the other <laughs>
5: <end. Yes. laughs> um, And I'm kind of using the findings from it to build an interview schedule. To interview some pharmacists about why they are and aren't using the video consultations, and I'm using or attempting to use the seats model to do that. So, yeah, that's cool. Well, that sounds like
1: you, sounds like you've definitely got your hands full then. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, in amongst all in amongst all doing that, you um, you volunteered to be part of the Gnomes conference this year as well. So, how how did that all come about?
5: So we got well, we received an email back in I think it was January. Um, and you know the opening line was something really exciting like would you like a free space a free um, ticket to the ergonomics conference and I was like oh my god yes <laughs> what do I need to yeah. do yeah <laughs> um, and Tina had just explained that you know you could be a member of the secretariat team Um basically you would be volunteering to help in the conference and just make sure that everyone who's attending has like a really and I thought well I'm up for that and I also would really like to attend so Email just telling her, telling her a little bit about me and you know why I really want to do it. Um, I then had a short chat with um, the head mm-hmm. of the secretariat team. and We just had a wee chat about my work and you know, what what we want to get out of it and things like that. And thankfully, there I managed to get one of the spaces. I think there were twelve applicants and only six spaces. So, mm-hmm. I'm in there racking a nerve wracking couple of days because I really wanted the space. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Brilliant.
5: Um, so yeah, I'm really thankful that I got a space.
1: Awesome. So when you actually got to conference end, for those who aren't um, aware of what, you know, the Secretariat do and that type of thing, can you just describe the, the sort of things they had you doing?
5: Yes. So we kind of do everything in the background. So, for example, on the first day I was on the registration desk and we sort of try and grab everyone coming in the front door, tick their list and make sure you've got any presenters' presentations already Um uploaded onto the computer system um and give people their badges and that's also a really good time to you know put a face to a name mm. if you've been reading somebody saying oh i really want to know who that is and what they look like so that i can point them later on for a chat so that was good <laughs> um we then are in charge of kind of like really just making sure people have like the best experience possible so making sure that things run on time so i'm kind of herding people into rooms <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> making sure they know where they're going and um, keeping them in track and then during the sessions we were kind of in charge of timings so you know we had these little posters that say five minutes left to go uh two minutes to go and then a really slightly polite slightly cheeky one that says please stop to you.
0: Um,
5: <laughs> so yeah we were in charge <laughs> of that and initially I was like oh god that's gonna be quite um quite scary like we're in charge of making sure that everything finishes on time but actually it was it was really good fun um and thankfully all the presenters were quite um they were very aware of it we had had a chat with beforehand and just said you know please us or tell us that you've that you've seen us holding up this sign um so yeah we were in charge of that and you know at lunch times and things there were multiple areas for people to eat and get coffee and stuff and just in general, humans tend to group in the one place. So we were just in charge of going around and saying, you know, there's actually food around the corner, there's coffee over here. Um yep. so yeah, just um yeah, I think that's that sums it up really.
1: So did you did you enjoy doing all that? Because basically you are trying to um as you said, there's a lot of responsibility on, on your shoulders, really. <clears throat> did, did you enjoy doing it?
5: I did. It was really fun. <laughs> It was really fun. I think it went really, really fast, and I think it's because we were kind of, you know, on feet all day, running around. But it was opportunity to be involved in the conference, also to see a conference from the other side. You know, I've attended conferences, and they all go like, and um, it seems really well organized. And it was quite nice to be on the other side of that for a change.
1: Yes, yes, I um, yeah, I, I kind of got a bit of a feeling about how um, of how that was. Did you see any of the the virtual uh, conference at all as well?
5: Yes, yes. So I attended the Tuesday. I Attended some mm-hmm. of the Tuesday. I really, really liked the session on user experience. Um, mm, yeah. I thought there was some really good chat around that, and particularly the debate around <laughs> which I think everyone debates on how to define human factors. Um. Which is something yeah. that I'm currently debating about in my literature
1: review. <laughs> well, if you can get a decent definition, can you let the rest of us know? Because I think we've been debating it for years and,
0: and <laughs> not there yet.
1: So, what did you think about having? Obviously, this is the first uh, conference we've had um, since since COVID, and so the mm-hmm. the live virtual was a, I guess, a compromise. Uh, trying to get the best of both worlds. Did you like that? Did you think it worked? Did you, Did it work for you?
5: Yes, I think it was it really worked for me because I'm not sure that if the conference had been longer than two days um two or three days that I could have taken that much out of my Mm. studies so it was quite nice that I could kind of like drop in and out of it um in amongst like um and deadlines and stuff like that um so I thought and I was thinking at the time this must be quite nice for people who you know may be based in the UK um and coming Mm. to the UK would be quite a the conference It kind of i i suppose covid has opened up this new <laughs> where we're now used to um virtual virtual presentations and i suppose we should save some of that because we've learned how to use it now um
1: yeah 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 so so what do you think your um if you had to sort of pick out um, like one or two particular moments, what what, what do you think you, your conference highlight was?
5: I particularly loved that I was surrounded by people who knew what human factors was. Um, <laughs> the amount of times where people say, oh, what are you doing? And you say human factors and blah, blah, blah. And they go, human factors. What? And you try and describe it and they look at you like, no, don't know what you mean. So I just loved it and <laughs> I loved being able to put Um, faces to names and because I was part of the secretary who were you know pinpointing people and telling them so let's get moving and also the bright yellow polo shirts we were wearing which made us stand (laughs) it gave us a really really good opportunity to to chat to people that maybe we have been you know reading their research and thinking well, I would really like to ask them a bit more about that or just to introduce ourselves so that in the future if we do questions um, that we can feel less nervous about getting in touch with them.
1: Uh, so so it's, it was, I guess that really great opportunity, like I said, to use that networking um mm-hmm. for the good of um for the, for the good of your research and not just the way I was doing it in terms of working out who else was drinking with me in the evening. Um <laughs> was there anything there that that perhaps surprised you that you weren't expecting but but was good
5: um the one thing that surprised me because i was on the reception like um registration desk was how many attendees there were um i Mm. think for um kate my colleague and i we are the only kind of human factors and health care researchers that that we're aware of um Especially in yep. Strathclyde, I think there are more in Scotland that we just haven't had the chance to work with. Um, so I think when you know we were going into these healthcare sessions to help kind of run them, we were like, "Wow, there's such a <laughs> there's such a vast majority of research going on in healthcare, yeah. me, like that we weren't aware of." Um, and it makes me really excited thinking that you know there there's so many areas that you could possibly go into after the PhD.
1: Oh, that's good cool. so it give you a real opportunity to sort of look at um yeah life post um post get post get, get completing the uh, the qualification
5: yeah yeah i just couldn't imagine. i would never have imagined that not just in healthcare but across the conference as a whole that there was going to be that many attendees it was really really good to see
1: cool um did you learn it's going to sound a slightly weird thing, but did you learn anything new? Something that you think you're going to be taken back to either using your studies or um, in, in later life?
5: Yes, I have actually learned that um, I now want to go and complete a human factors masters once I finish my PhD.
1: God, so looking for punishment. Um, I know,
5: I know. <laughs> so
1: what you're doing, it, it does sound like sort of. Um, um, incredibly interesting I sort of took the on the first day when um the the president Alex Edmund said oh you go and um go and put yourself into an uncomfortable situation go and go and mm-hmm. jump into one of the fields that you're that you're not aware of so uh my background is mainly air and defense and so I was like right I am want to go and sit in health and well-being and things like that yeah. and um and I found the health um, piece particularly interesting um mm-hmm. for a whole number of discussions if nothing else the debate on safety one, safety two um mm-hmm. which was Wow. Um, Among some. Uh, <laughs> um, I'd be really keen for to have a chat with you again in the future about, you know, so we can actually drill into, you know, what you're doing, what you're trying to get to, and, and what your research is about, if you'd be keen in spending some more time with us here on the podcast.
5: Yes, absolutely. And I think the next stage of my research, um, I am hoping to end both pharmacists and um, patients of the pharmacy and to understand using the SEEPs model what the variables are. Mm. Um, that are influencing what they're using the software and, you know, where in the work system um, these potential barriers are lying. So I think there could be some really good discussions to be had. So, yeah, definitely.
1: Awesome. No, that sounds perfect. Um, (laughs) Amy, thanks very much for spending some of your uh, Friday afternoon with me and um, hopefully we'll be able to let you go now and enjoy some of the sunshine. (laughs) Thank
5: you. It was nice nice to be here.
1: Hi, Becky. Great to have you with us uh, today to chat about the conference, just for the record, and just so everybody else knows, I mean, who doesn't know who Becky is, but um, could you just tell us who you are and what you do?
3: Sure. I'm Becky Charles, and I am an inspector at the Rail Accident Investigation Branch.
1: Cool. So you obviously went to uh, the conference this year, Hf 2022. Um, how did you get involved in it?
3: Oh, gosh. So um, it was about 11 years ago when I started on the secretariat in 2011 at stoke rochford and then i've kept turning up ever since and i've done many roles um to do with the conference so uh including being program co-chair which i did for five years um and gave over to the lovely nora Balf this year um uh so uh, yeah lots of things um and for the past 11 years i have been running the secretariat uh, with tina so you might have seen me running around with a yellow t-shirt on this year
1: and getting chivvying of people around everywhere. I was always getting told off be- before pretty much every single session by Becky getting, but you need to go here now. Okay. I <laughs> yeah, I get
3: very good at herding people around.
1: How did you feel, obviously, this, as you said, you've um, been co program chair um, for five years, and this year you handed up. How did you feel to be handing over the power? Were you were you looking over sort of going, well, they haven't done that quite the way I would do it?
3: No, not at all. I think it's one of those things where it needs new people, and um, I think... I think I'd done my time, I think five years, and I'd done the two um, online conferences, which we were really chuffed with, and I think they went really, really well. And I just think it was time for a bit of a change. I think Nora and, Nora and Dave were doing a fab job, so.
1: Yeah. awesome and for those of you who want to see what uh Nora and dave were up to then uh, or their plans were there was a uh, i did a uh, previous interview with them and i shall put the link to that in the show notes um what did you think obviously this year was new because of the pandemic and all that sort of stuff and it was our first tentative steps towards actually realizing that the people are 3d rather than just 2d on screens what did you think of that live virtual mix
3: i thought it was brilliant um I think it was a very clever and nice way of sort of easing us back into sort of in-person conferences because as we said before we came on that we're both exhausted after (laughs) just like running around for two days. Um, But I also think with the online conferences the past couple of years, we've really learned that it opens it up to so many more people. And the past couple of years um, that we were purely online, we had, um, you know, we had um, papers from all over the world um, from so many different countries and so many people sort of tuning in to the online conference um, so I think it was really important this year to kind of keep that going keep that momentum going you know we've reached out to so many more people who now know what ergonomics and human factors is thanks to the online conference I think.
1: Yeah I think that first bit was really interesting because the you know the, the first session that I was in we had um, Paul Simon sharing it from australia and yeah. in australia we had andrew thatcher who's in south africa and then there were a couple of people who were in wales and a couple of people in england and i was like that you just wouldn't get that um no. that complex mix without lots of travel um no. but, uh, no. i think it's so, brilliant
3: and I, I, it means you can dip in and out and you know the sessions are recorded you can go back later and watch them again um and yeah i just think it's brilliant
1: cool so If you had to pick one, I know it's difficult to do this, but what would be your conference highlight? Or you can have a couple if you want.
3: Oh, conference highlight. I think it was seeing actual people. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was just being there and realising what a great community we are, really, and what a great bunch we are. Um, And there's so many brilliant people. But I really enjoyed Susie Broadbent's um, Institute lecture on the fact that really resonated with me. And I've spoken to a few people since. That it did as well um just that whole you know how do we present ourselves as ergonomists and and how do we go about our day job and i thought that was brilliant um and the other one for me was it was a it was a it was a little uh talk it was a short talk i'm guessing i'm looking at my notes right now (laughs) um it was natalie short actually and she was talking about usability engineering requirements in the uk um and she works for harvey medical um and i've seen her present a few times and she's really interesting and engaging in how she talks about these tools and techniques because let's face it tools and techniques aren't the easiest thing to talk about and be engaging about but um She mentioned something when she was doing this medical usability testing that she can have five people or six people, something that's not statistically significant anyway. But they can still pick up 97 percent of the issues um, that they need to find with using those five people. And that really stuck with me. um, And especially after listening to Susie's talk as well, where, you know, we don't often get access to hundreds and hundreds of people for days and days at a time and you know to just hear that from somebody i i thought that was i thought that was really really brilliant
1: yeah the whole thing that what susie did was sort of cite that um the differences almost or the or the, the the strained relationship to a certain extent between academia and practicality yeah um, which did cause a bit of tension in the room uh, it did. <laughs> but, but but to me that was also the value of of conference is yeah. that we can come together and actually um, one, of the, one of the things Susan said is we need to get better at mm. talking or relating the academia and, in, and industry or the practical application together and we mm. that's the one thing sort of thing you, it's harder to do remote um, is to be able to get in because I know quite a few people then went to the bar afterwards and were still mm. talking about it so mm. it really had a um, significant impact um, mm. was there anything around conference this time that you found that may be surprising or something that you didn't know or um something that just sort of either shocked it or in a nice way
3: I don't think surprised me I think I think that's the beauty of in-person conferences isn't it that you're just taking in information from everywhere and you're having like a two-minute chat with somebody or you know a five-minute chat with someone in the bar over lunch or um and I think it's just that kind of learning almost how much is going on um and being surprised by that I guess just the depth and and one thing that did strike me actually this year was that there are a lot of young ergonomists coming in, producing some really excellent stuff. I know I watched um, a talk by Charlotte Cole, um, who's now a sister Scott Lister, and her she presented a piece of work that was just brilliant.
1: Mm.
3: You know, really inspiring stuff. And you know, these are the people we need to nurture and bring along with us. Excellent.
1: Seeing the kids growing up
3: oh no it makes you so feel so
1: <laughs> but, no, old but you are right though there are so many people coming in now and you can just sort of sit there and go um yeah that's that's something I need to follow up on that because I either you haven't thought of that or that's just yeah. a different way of putting it no you're absolutely right it's lush mm. did you learn anything new was there something there that just completely was like actually I just had no idea about that that's um that's absolutely new to me and you and potentially even useful
3: I think the one thing that did strike me was it pete dyson who did his talk from the department for transport um just the scale of their of their research is just insane and uh, you know dave said something because he was chairing the session he went n equals 4.5 million that would be amazing to find a research paper just the amount of data they have and what they do with it i think that was that was just fascinating and i didn't realize it was at that scale really
1: yeah i mean for me that was a bit of a mic drop moment yeah oh, it was. You know, when you start of sitting there going we we as we were just sort of saying is you know you talk about right i've oh got five participants in my uh in my thing or 10 or 20 and you're like, just sort of reach significance then it's like yeah millions and you're like oh okay fair
3: <laughs> no that was brilliant we'll really good
1: no th- Thank you very much for spending some time with us uh, today yeah, to sort of catch up with your thoughts on conference. Obviously, you, you do have your day job, as you uh, you mentioned yeah. earlier. Is there any chance at some point in the future you come back and tell us all about it?
3: Of course. You'll have to try and shut me up.
1: That's brilliant. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you very much for your time. And we shall chat again soon.
3: Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks.
1: And welcome. We're going to be talking a bit more about uh, Ergonomics 2022 and the way it happened. And I've got another guest here to come and talk to us. So, unexpected guest. Could you just tell us um, who you are and what it is you do for a day job?
6: Yeah, thank you, Barry. Uh, thank you for having me here. Uh, my name is Philip Florek, and uh, I'm a human factor specialist. Uh, on my daily job, I am uh, providing... Uh, ah, I lost myself. Sorry, we'll go back. Yeah, yeah that- so... Uh, my name is Philip Florek, I'm a human factors specialist at uh, Arrival. I'm um, designing uh, interfaces for electric cars, and I'm also uh, aviation safety uh, student uh, at Cranfield University, where I do my master's degree.
1: That's cool. So we have something in common then, because I um, did my bachelor's degree at uh, Shivenham, which is also part of uh, Cranfield. Um, right. So it's a small. This this whole human factors thing. It's a very small world. Oh yeah. So. You went to the Economics twenty twenty two conference, l- like I did. Um, how did you get involved? What, what was your what was your part in the conference?
6: So uh, my intention from the very beginning, I, when I learned that the, the conference will be hybrid this year, there will be mixed virtual and physical. I wanted to be involved like straight away, and um, I think uh, on one occasion I mentioned to Tina that I want to be involved if there is anything I can help with. Uh, you know, I can. I'm, I'm more than happy. So, and just a few weeks before the the conference, I just found that. Um, uh, my very good colleague, uh, Nora Balf, uh suggested that I could chair one of the technical sessions, so Rachel and David just got in touch with me and I agreed with, with great pleasure.
1: Fantastic. So you being one of the session chairs is is about making sure that, um, that, that the entire, so not just individual papers, but the entire session runs properly. Um, you know, people come up, you they get introduced yeah. and then you handle the questions at the end. Um, what sort of preparation, you know, how, what sort of things did you have to do to to be ready to do that sort of um, that sort of role?
6: Yeah, so uh, I have to thank you very much for uh, for the guide that was prepared by the institute. Uh, how you actually, you know, uh, prep yourself to the role. It's not as scary as it sounds, you know. If even if you're afraid of public talking, which I'm working just to meet, reduce this, you know, but. Uh, if I can give any advice, you know, just do your background reading on those documents, on those papers. And uh, my biggest worry was that there will be no questions. So I was ready in that sense that I had, a, you know, three, four questions as a backup, you know, one, two questions for each speaker, uh, just in case, you know, if, if there will be no traction from the audience.
1: So d- did you get into that position at all or did you have questions and it was all happy or...
6: Actually, no. I was quite surprised. Uh, the session was uh, relatively uh, small comparing to big competitors from uh, from uh, from healthcare <laughs> and other industries. But uh, yeah, we managed to present uh, five. Uh, uh, presentations mm-hmm. uh some of them were uh pre-recorded but uh, the audience was very active very responsive so i i personally asked a few questions myself but uh, i you know I, I got enough interest from the audience and seems like uh there was quite uh, quite a discussion afterward with few speakers who were attending in person
1: I guess it is one of the advantages of being the session chair is that if you do have a pressing question, then you can shove everybody else's question to one side and and take the uh, take the privilege of, um, of take of take, take,
6: that take the advantage of being on the stage exactly yes yeah, absolutely exactly,
1: yes. so obviously this is the first year that we've had um this li- this virtual live mix mm. um so we're two weeks beforehand and then a, then a gap of I think it was two weeks and then um, then then this session um. What did you think of that? Did that work for you?
6: Yeah, I I actually think, you know, personally, it works well. And uh, there are a couple of things worth to mention here. This, this hybrid thing, like, first, it's organized between two different weeks. Uh, so I really, really can... Split this uh, and balance, you know, involving and focusing only on certain aspect that I really want to. So that's the one thing, and I think you know maybe going forward, and this is what I also recommended when uh, when the survey um, came out uh, after the, the 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 event that you know, we possibly could split uh, the virtual sessions into more presentation sessions. And I would really like to see more interactive uh, sessions in the live events, so workshops, or maybe some discussion panels, like, you know, something we probably didn't have much this year, uh, so there's definitely room for improvement. But having this hybrid event definitely helps just to manage your time, you know, four days, to have take it t- taken off your work, you know, either privately as a as a holiday or or you delegate know, delegated from work. It's a it's a big under uh, you know big big question.
1: Yes, no, and I, th- I think you're right. I think getting the right um, optimizing the right elements. So more of the presentations and I guess you know the the, the pre recorded stuff virtually, and then but making the most of that live interaction, we we, we can definitely do mm. um, you know, in different ways. I, I I think I completely agree with you there. Um, so throughout the throughout the whole conference i guess all of it really was there any particular highlights something that stood that stood out for you was like wow that, that that's really cool
6: yeah so i have to say big thank you and big kudos to the to the organization team uh because they did an incredible job it was a, it was my first event live event for probably most of us for very <laughs> long time and they they really pulled this out eh, to the level that 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 was you know beyond my expectations but you know my personal highlights i guess uh, mm, uh, two lectures probably stand out the most uh, professor uh, uh, Neville Stanton on human reactions in automotive and and autonomous vehicles you know uh, it's it's just a highlight of of my professional life for the last couple of years Working in the industry, so uh, that was great to see, and great to see engagement from there from the audience about this, uh, you know, challenging and sometimes controversial topic. Uh, also, Professor Osullivan um, Sullivan uh, from Limerick. I think that was a great, great uh, emphasis on the on the on the user centric design aspects in in exoskeletons or very similar uh, semi robotic robotic uh, devices that you know enhance. Provide more value to our lives, uh, help us with this, and also uh, I, I really want to thank you uh, to Ron MacLeod to 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 officially present the white paper because that's the yes. great read for everybody. Especially I'm listening here from my colleagues, students, uh, how how great value it provides to, to you know to your today daily life. So that's probably you know something that that really really tells a lot about the quality of and the outcome from the from the from and an institute work you know but on this occasion I also wanted to uh, uh, congratulate my, my colleagues, my fellow students for, for presenting their work because uh, I was very positively surprised to see how many faces are from from Cranfield University.
1: <laughs> yes you, you need to fly that Cranfield flag that's cool.
6: Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> was there anything <laughs>
1: that you saw or heard or anything that, that actually surprised you when um, you know mid, I get mid-year Think twice about about some of
6: the stuff you'd heard. Uh, Context-wise, don't think so because uh, we had this opportunity for this face-to-face conversation. Either I had a questions, I could, you know, I, I catch up during the breaks. But mm-hmm. uh, the big surprise for me uh, was actually that people's faces look very different in real life comparing yes. to Zoom. Yes. So this is something you know you you. You look after you nurture your, uh, your network um, uh, circles and you know for the last couple of years we many of us just you know met new people and and interact with them and suddenly you know you you see them you put faces you know to to people's names and it was just a great great stuff so i really appreciate that we we, we could make it happen
1: yeah, I, I run into um, people like David Golightly and Paul Salmon, um, both of whom I've, I've interviewed on here, and we've we've had like meetings on Zoom and and that type of thing. Um, it wasn't until I went to I went to watch David Golightly and and was like, "Hi, Dave, how are you doing?" He goes, "Yeah, great. You do realize we've never actually met before in real life." Uh, <laughs> Oh well good to meet you <laughs> you know it, it was exactly it, um it was seeing people in 3d um so was, did you learn anything new uh was, was there any bit of new nuggets of knowledge that you're that you're going to take away and in, in use in, in things going forward
6: uh, absolutely like that's the short answer you know uh, it's very hard to start to list them because you know that we probably would need a few more minutes for that <laughs> but i particularly you know i I enjoyed the, the technical sessions, mostly related to the uh, consideration of applied practices. I attended a few lectures, a uh, few sessions for for healthcare. Uh, you know, skills are fully transferable between uh, industrious domains. Uh, I really like sessions related to the methodologies. Uh, this is something that I, I really like to emphasize in my daily work, you know. Uh, so there was, there was like a, you know, you definitely can, can learn, you know, uh, you know how applying certain those design principles methodologies, you know, uh, we nurture so 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 long that to ensure that you know the applications of technology, those systems, you know, uh, regardless of the contexts, matches you know human needs, capacities, and and limitations, not the way, the other way around, you know. So it was just a you know a pleasure. Uh, I I I stayed in touch with few uh, few uh, few presenters. Uh, there's a there's a lot to learn from 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 their research
1: no you're right and there's I spent I I took the uh, Alex Dedman's challenge of going to put myself into somewhere where I felt uncomfortable Um, and for me that was in the health domain in the in the health sector bits and um, and I came out of there just sort of buzzing with because I spent most of my time in the aerospace and defense world um, come out of there going wow there's just so much we could get involved with and and even then having conversations since then, um, going, well, we could do this, we could do this. Um, Yeah, I just found it really inspiring.
6: Absolutely second to that, absolutely.
1: So I know we've talked a bit on on LinkedIn before, and we've sort of um, boxed around you come and telling us a bit more about your, um, not only what you're doing now, but your, um, your quite fascinating background in, in some of the other jobs that you've done. Can I put you on the record and see if you'll come and do an interview with me and, and do a, a full-on one that, that will tell people all about it?
6: Yep. That. Count me in, please. With pleasure.
1: That would be fantastic. Thank you ever so much for your time and, and spending us a, bit, uh, a bit of time with us today telling us about your um, experiences at the Gnomys Conference. And um, hopefully we'll then schedule in and catch you up with you soon.
6: Thank you, Barry. Thank you for the invitation and having me here.
1: And now we're going to talk to Kate and her experiences of being at the EHF 2022 this year. Kate, welcome, and thank you for coming for coming to have a chat with us after the conference. Yeah, could, yeah. could you just give um, everybody a bit of an introduction to who you are and what you're doing and why you're vaguely interested in human factors in the first place?
5: <laughs>
4: yeah, of course. So I am a PhD research student at the University of South Clyde in Glasgow, Scotland, for anybody who doesn't know that. And I kind of mostly focus in my PhD on human factors and AI technology in hospitals and basically my aim is to kind of make sure that any future AI is kind of integrated, safe and made for those who are kind of going to be interacting with it basically and it's just a interesting world to be within actually and I also have just started as co-chair of the special interest group in ai and digital health so really looking forward to getting
1: stuck in with that as well <laughs> that's cool i think we've got a meeting coming up soon um <laughs> the um that's a really interesting part because i mean god forbid we actually get users involved in the use of ai in healthcare isn't it? it's, oh, it's still, just... <laughs> i still find it quite stunning that people think that we still need to do that but um <laughs> but never mind so you're also involved in the conference you quite heavily involved in the conference because you were <laughs> one of the um one, one of the uh, secretariat um so what did you have to do? What was the what was the um, what, what, what does the Secretariat do in on a day to day basis with this?
4: Oh, God, we did so much. Um, I We had a kind of brief call beforehand where we discussed what our roles would be. But it was a case of kind of go in and, you know, just get stuck in. So at the start, we were kind of handing out your lanyards and your passes, which was a lot of kind of interacting with different people. And also you get to see people's names before they come in and be like, that's who you are. <laughs> I followed you for a long time and and then after everybody's kind of settled in it was a lot of running around and trying to find presenters to one know what they look like so you can kind of catch them later and also to make sure that they actually sent the presentation in yeah and then kind of the you know main event when you're sitting presenting we are those really annoying people who hold up a sign like please can you stop talking now because we're trying to keep the schedule basically so yeah it was those are kind of the three main things but there's just a lot of kind of you know making sure everything was running smoothly and you know holding mics as well for questions running around after people yeah it was, just, it was really fun though
1: yeah. I felt kind of guilty and sometimes because I'm one of these unfortunate people who likes asking questions. <laughs> and you just see people sort of, you know, somebody would ask a question at the back of the room and then I'd be sat near the front of the room. And I was like, I don't mean to make you run all this way. I'm really sorry. But I really wanted to ask a question.
4: <laughs> I know we, that's the lucky thing about being in the healthcare care room. It's a bit smaller. So the running around wasn't quite as, you know, extensive, which is nice. <laughs>
1: but you but you had some arguments in that room I was, I was there for some of them that that was there was some intense conversation going on
4: oh there's a lot on safety one and safety two which i know is a big mm. debate at the moment but that was quite hefty in them.
1: yeah <laughs> in that room. Um, but again that was one of the cool things about conference wasn't it you could actually have them discussions rather than um sometimes that's one of my downsides of the online stuff isn't it? You, you necessarily can't get stuck into that or continue the conversation maybe over a drink or something like that absolutely yeah uh, So being involved as as a member of the Secretariat, uh, how did you find that out? How did you get involved with that in the first place? How how does that happen?
4: Well, it's actually funny because, you know, I read the Institute's um, newsletters.
1: Oh, well done. come in
4: weekly, I know. I know. And that's how I found it. It said, we're looking for students to be, you know, volunteer secretariats at our next conference. And I immediately was like, that is an amazing opportunity. You know, you don't to get to see the background of the conference, but also you, you do get to get your face out there. Yes. And as someone who is in a department at Strathclyde that isn't, you know, a human factors department, I'm in the pharmacy, kind of health service research, uh, it was just so nice to kind of get in there. Mm. And basically, when I immediately after I saw that, I sent that to Amy, my fellow PhD, um, and said, let's do it. And we did. And the rest is history.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> so what did you think obviously this year was a bit different because we were coming out of the uh, pandemic um it's the first live thing or that like, you know we had that live virtual mix um what did you think of that how do you think that worked
4: i think that's a really great opportunity because like not only the people who didn't want to go in person you know they still don't feel comfortable get to be involved in the conference but also you got to get through a lot more research than you would if it was just you know two person Oh, two person, two day conference yeah. in person. Like, so you got more research, and you got to see more, and it also meant that I got to go to the virtual one a bit later because I was at another conference
1: that day. <laughs> cool. So you could basically work it around the other stuff you were doing as well. I yeah. got to admit that I was at home and being able to drop into some like some of the live virtual bits, um, but then when I had a meeting or whatever, I could either have it on the background and watch it again later. So you, it, it did make it very, very convenient.
3: Definitely.
1: Um, so if you had to choose one or maybe two elements of the conference, what, what what do you think your highlights were?
3: Oh,
4: God, I have so many. But I think my main one is definitely getting to meet the people who I've read so much about. I really did feel like I was in a room of celebrities. Like, I know that sounds really strange, but I had seen so many people's names in papers, white papers, you know, Twitter. And yeah. some given the opportunity to actually go up to them and be like... You're presenting later, and you've not sent my PowerPoint. Can you send it? (laughs) You know, I got to be like that annoying person in their faces, and you know, meet them, and it was it was just amazing. And then, uh, obviously, getting to see how much healthcare research is out there is amazing because it really gave me a lot of kind of confidence in my own work and also a lot of ideas. And lastly, I really enjoyed the evening meal. Like that was really fun. Especially when I managed to spill water all over Iris Um, when I was up on stage with the magician. um, That was great, Um, and I really want to apologise again for that. I'm just really terrible at throwing things.
1: (laughs) But uh, I thought the uh, the magician was 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 rather good. He was, um, uh, he clearly. He, he thought he knew what ergonomics was about, but um, the fact that so <laughs> think it, trying to play psychological tricks on a room f- that is largely composed of sort of psychologists and human factors people, possibly yeah. what was a was not the challenge he realised he, he knew what he was getting into. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, no, that was fun. Then to try and get for people who were, weren't there, basically he was, he was trying to do these jokes and stuff, but then um, was getting cheers. He just had to name drop human factors, and then that actually got the biggest cheer in the room, which was great. I know. I know. Really. So what do you what do you think your most if there was anything that, that surprised you at the conference that maybe you weren't expecting? Was there any sort of standout moments that way?
4: I think seeing how wide human factors goes. So like I'm healthcare, I've always been I'm a psychology background, always been a healthcare focus, but I didn't realize how integrated it was into kind of engineering industry, BAE systems, that sort of thing. And you know, I was mostly in the healthcare room during the you know the day with my signs but i did get to see some of the keynote speakers and seeing how like human factors is involved in things like you know exoskeletons and also how we choose to get from one place to another on the tube i thought that was really interesting so i think that was most surprising is just seeing how widespread human factors is and also just great to see
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes that's cool um did you learn anything new was there anything there that you're just like wow that's a proper takeaway that i'm going to use Oh, in the future
4: yeah i mean there's so much my head is buzzing with thoughts and like ideas from my research and um you know future ideas and where i want to go as well and i just like i said before i think the main kind of thing i learned is how important it is to tell everybody about human factors yeah <laughs> How you know when I'm where you go meet someone new you're like have you heard of human factors i am going to become that really annoying person who is like you've got a problem have you thought about human factors? Oh, you teach. Have you taught human factors? I'm going to be that person. Maybe annoying, but I think it's important.
1: <laughs> it is, and I think the um, from my perspective, just knowing that we maybe encourage a new brand ambassador, then um, then that then that's a <laughs> um, a fantastic win for for the human factors domain. Definitely. <laughs> so, I'd be really keen. Obviously, the the work that you're doing um, for your um, for your PhD, and obviously getting involved with Mark's group um on uh, digital healthcare max obviously been interviewed um yeah. on the podcast in the past um he'd be really keen to have a chat with you in more depth to learn a bit more about your motivations and um what you think that you're going to bring to uh, that domain and your uh, and your ambitions in that respect would you be willing to come and have a, a more in-depth chat with us at some point in the future
4: yeah definitely i'd be more than keen to do that
1: <laughs> brilliant thanks for your time to join us uh kate and hopefully we'll chat again soon definitely see you soon and hi Ryan, um, thank you very much for chatting us to uh, today about um, your um, experiences with the conference. Just for, I mean obviously clearly I know you because you work yeah. for me. Um, but uh, just for everybody else out there, could you just tell everybody
7: um, who you are and what you do? Yeah, um, hello, my name is Ryan Priest. I'm a junior researcher at Keshap uh, under Barry. Um, I've only joined the Human Factors world within the last six months. Um, so I'm quite new to it all. Uh, it's all been a great experience <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, uh, it cool. <laughs> it's one of these things, isn't it? That, um, I,
1: I, guess it's slightly intimidating being interviewed by your boss to a certain extent, but, um, yeah, yeah the, so you've come in from a, from a software background, um, and yeah. with your, from your first degree and, um, living in and around, we, we enticed you in, um, yeah. which has been cool. um, so this was your first conference that you've been to for uh yeah. for, from a human factors perspective. Um so which, which bits of the conference did you did you get to see?
7: So I was booked in for both the online and the in-person, but sadly I came down with COVID just before the uh, in-person. So I just got to experience the online one fully. Cool.
1: So yeah, it was, I mean, um the Online drinking isn't the same as the uh, the in the person uh, networking, should we say? But yeah. the, it'd be still great, I guess, from this perspective that um, you were still able to engage with it with half the conference, which is fab. Yeah. Um, what did you think of that live virtual um, that that ability to engage with it virtually?
7: Uh, I was quite excited. Um, it was a nice idea. Uh, I support. You said the last two, I believe, have all been online, so I think they've definitely got a good thing there. It's a good way to get people everywhere involved, yep. not just the people who can just turn up. Like, obviously, with COVID, uh, I imagine I was not the only one who couldn't go. So I thought it was quite nice. Cool. Okay. What was your, from what you saw of it, what was uh, what
1: was your highlight or highlights? Was there a couple of things that stood out or what did you enjoy?
7: So I quite enjoyed Lorraine Brabham, probably butchering that, and uh, Johnny, I can't remember the last name, sorry, uh, their presentation on, they had this game, to sort of show how just by adding a few different variables, you you could sort of lose focus and introduce more errors into the workforce. Um, So from a software background, uh, I quite like that. I think uh, gamifying human factors as a way could bring it to a wider audience and help show how you can sort of notice things in your own workplace Mm -hmm. that just cause more errors than are necessary. I think that could be something which focused on could really help it to a wider audience um yours uh barry kirby's with ryan gamble's uh presentation on gaia the climate control center that's something which i think is interesting as well it's it's leading a field which to my knowledge hasn't really been done before um being able to actually show different ways of how to shape a city and bring it towards a new modern era i think is something which is Going to be quite exciting and hopefully um gets further ahead uh and obviously that's something which uh, i may also be involved in working <laughs> yes. at k sharp uh... um those were definitely the highlights for me though
1: cool um was there anything that you saw or maybe read in the chat or something like that that was um that you found surprising
7: um so not in the chat but the the scope of um the conference itself was surprising to me seeing so many different presentations on just about anything you could imagine. There was one on shipbuilding and yeah. I believe straightening pipes. Uh, it's not really something which I'm interested in, but the, the the fact that there was something out there for that too, uh, yeah. I thought was very interesting. Uh, so did, looks did like you... connection issues again.
1: No, you seem okay. Uh,
7: yeah. Don't know if this is still recording, so yeah. I'll just no. keep talking. Um back again. Yeah, cool seemed to be having terrible. I don't know whether I had my last bit, so I'm just gonna go over again. The yeah. scope of it all was quite amazing to me. Uh just seeing so many different fields and people, to be honest. Uh before I joined K Sharp, I didn't know what human factors was, it's not something I'd heard of. So coming in the last six months and seeing the scope of it all and seeing just how many different areas it it affects and could improve, really. Cool. Um, Did
1: you learn anything new? Was there anything new there that you... I mean, obviously, you said you're new into Human Factors, so there's going to be a lot of it new, but is there anything specific there that you think, actually, that's something I can take away and use again
7: in the future? Um, I would say, not necessarily from the conference itself, but working in human factors has definitely taught me to notice things myself, just things which I think that's badly designed or that could be improved, you know, something which could really cut down on errors or, that I just think that's not how I would design it. Um, and then also things which isn't only human factors related, but sort of understanding humans more, I guess, as the idea of, um, we, we had a, you were talking to someone in work about colors, Mm. um, and how uh, ryan gamble was kind enough to lend me a book on the psychology i guess behind colors and how different cultures will associate different colors with different events so uh, in the uk black is normally funeral death while i can't remember exactly but somewhere else i believe it's birth life so human factors has definitely taught me to that we sort of come under we form our own maps within our head of what we expect something to be so That's something which is definitely I've I've been taught over the last few months.
1: Cool. Okay, well, thanks for your time today, Ryan. And thanks for your
7: reflections on the conference. No worries. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you.
1: And now I'm here with Tina Worthy and for those of you within the CIHF there is no way that you don't know who Tina is because um, she and even if you maybe don't recognize the name how could you she basically gets involved in every single little part of your career Um, but for those of you maybe outside or maybe outside the country Tina could you just give us a bit of an intro to who you are and what you do
2: yeah thanks for that introduction barry um yeah i'm the chief operating officer of the chartered institute of ergonomics and human factors um which means that i try and make things run smoothly make them more efficient we organize events we accredit people and uh courses so it's my job really to make sure those things work we have the resources to make them work uh, and that uh, people enjoy the experience
1: which I think you do amazingly well because there is never anything that doesn't seem to happen or, or go off the way it's supposed to. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today is obviously that the conference has just has just ended both elements of the conference. Sounds a bit of a stupid question but how do you get involved in the conference what apart from doing pretty much you know steering the steering the ship what do you do at conference what's your role?
2: Uh, Well, there's lots of work that goes on before the conference starts, which I'm involved in from um, marketing the event in the beginning, getting people to submit um, papers for the conference, uh, helping to organise the reviewing, um, going through the programme, putting the programme together. This is all with help from members and other, other, um, other colleagues. And then um, making, again, making sure that we can get people there, making sure that the, the event itself is well run. So during the event, then I'm there on hand to answer any questions or anything, but also just to, to oversee, because by that stage, again, other people have sort of taken over the, the worrying about it. So the venue and the, the secretariat, are there are doing a great job. And of course, the, our other colleagues as well, um, helping to, to run it and make sure, again, that people have a, get the best out of it and have a good time.
1: Perfect. And obviously, this year was um, a strange year because we're coming out of the pandemic. We the first tentative steps towards actually seeing that people are, are real, um, as opposed to just being 2D on screen. What did you think of the um, in in re- in uh, re- re- in reflection? What did you think of that of the live virtual mix that you had?
2: Yeah, I thought it worked quite well. We had good audiences for for both. Um, I think what we were trying to do in having that split between the virtual and the in-person event was to make sure we didn't lose any of the, the good things that we've got from having to be online for quite so long so um, the accessibility of people just being able to pop up on screen and or listen to things or join in like that um, and also the you know the, the reach of it as well we had far more um, sort of more attendance really from from people overseas, our big international audience that we've built up and we really didn't want to lose that. Um, and we also of course wanted to get it back to face to face as soon as we could. So I think this was probably um the right time, the right time of year. We've just come out of sort of two years of really tough times and and people were were looking to you know to come back in a to a sort of well organised sort of lively event which I, I hope we managed to do.
1: I think you certainly did, especially with the, um, the 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 magicians' antics as well. I've never seen a Rubik's cube um, used in quite such a way. Um, it's probably hard to hard to pick for you, given the, the the depth of your involvement. But what were your conference highlights? What were the things that you were like? Wow, that's yeah, that's that's good. Um, what did you take Ray?
2: Yeah, I think. Um, well, I think Susie Broadbent actually um, said in her institute lecture, just seeing all their little faces. So it was it was more for me um, about um, just seeing people have a good time and meeting each other again after so long and and thinking. That um, you know, we've been party to that. We've been able to put that together. Of course, there were some great, uh, great um, keynotes and lectures and all the presentations. And and I guess another one of my highlights really is just seeing how much effort people put into their own presentations and and coming along and getting involved in the in the event and and really sort of helping us to to enjoy it as well through through their own sort of. You know their, their own attendance and, and enjoying it themselves.
1: That's really cool. Was there anything around it that that I guess surprised you? Anything that you weren't quite expecting, but actually was was quite good in the outcome?
2: I think I was starting to forget really what a lovely caring sort of funny collective bunch of people we have in the institute and and people who come along as you know just as a come along to the event for the first time um or it's people we don't know non-members we have lots of non-members coming along but i think i was starting to forget that element um so it was really nice to get back together and just to to see that and and remember again
1: so did you learn anything, um, obviously, with with, with the uh, format of this or anything like that? Was there anything new that you learned that you'll be either taking forward to next year or taking forward into further practice?
2: Yeah, that's a good, a good question, really. I think we learn something new every time or we adapt the event based on the feedback. We've just put a survey out to, to gain sort of some, some insight into what people thought, because obviously, you know, we can think about, we, we look at the event as organisers from a different viewpoint. So, um, so I think for me, I'm not sure really. Um, I, I think I, I think there's there's always something new, and we'll and we'll look into that. But we, as I say, we try and sort of just slightly tailor the event slightly differently every year. It depends on the venue as well. That has a lot of uh, impact on on what we do there and what we're able to do. Um, but I, I think the the sort of mix of lectures that we have and the mix of presentations and and just trying to come up with different formats sometimes to to keep it fresh for people but um, I think this conference in particular was just somewhere that people wanted to meet and that's what we tried to do with with the program giving people longer breaks you know more space in which to sort of come together and and just to feel comfortable.
1: Yeah, I know it was one of these things that I'd certainly gone along saying, right? Got to be more grown up at this conference and go to bed at a sensible time because it's been a long time since we've been out like that. Yet still at pretty much midnight, it was like, no, no, we still need to go to bed. Must put the glass of wine down. Tina, thanks very much for your your time and sharing your views with us. Um, obviously with your um, with your day job hat on, you do an awful lot of work and um, influence so many people's careers. Would you be willing to come back sometime in the future and, and give us a bit more insight about what it's like to be working inside the um inside the institute and in your perspective?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to, Barry.
1: Thank you. That's brilliant. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you.
5: Thank you for listening to 1202 The Human Factors Podcast. Podcast. Please do get in touch with your thoughts, questions and comments. You can contact us on social media such as Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook at 1202 Podcast. See you next time. And remember, it's more than just common sense.